I just don't want to be in that rocking chair thinking about the shots that I didn't take in the name of security, right? Secure from what, right? Like we right. like got to go, man. We got to go. Turn this up. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. And today we have a really special guest on the show. So if you've asked me over the last four or five months, like, George, what are you doing, man? How are you getting in such great shape and in a global pandemic where everybody's panicking and business seems like it's booming? Like, what's what's going on? And you're wondering, like, what was the catalyst to drive most of that? Then I have a special guest for you on the show. Uh, John Madsen, who was the coach that I reached out to back in August of last year. And uh, it's been a fun ride ever since. So no further ado, John, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. You've been you've been crushing, brother. I'm honored to be here for you. Absolutely. He's been on my ass these past couple of weeks. So I got a little I got a little, little, little lazy um, the past couple of weeks. So we're about to lock it back in uh, even stronger. So and I appreciate you for coming on, man. But um for the population who's shrinking, who doesn't know who you are, obviously your ads are all over the place. I'm pretty sure someone might be like, oh, yeah, guy sounds familiar. I probably have seen him somewhere. Uh, but for the shrinking population, like just tell them a little bit about who you are and what you're all about. Yeah, man. So I got a, I got a kind of interesting story. Um, I ultimately played football in the National Football League, played for the Oakland Raiders for about three years, had a little stint in Cleveland. And that's not that's not real abnormal, except for the fact that I never played high school ball. So if you played high school or anybody listening to the show right now, driving down, if you caught one pass in high school, then you, if you stepped on the field and made one tackle, caught one pass, or even was on the sideline, you played more high school football than I did. So I didn't just play one year. I literally didn't play any of the years and ended up walking on to a junior college, walking on to uh, the University of Utah, played for coach Urban Meyer, and then ultimately scored a couple touchdowns in the NFL. And the, my favorite part of that story, though, um, isn't just that. It's it's the beginning. Five years old, six years old, seven years old, playing sports as a family. My parents were very involved. They were the type of parents that said, "John, you know, whatever you want to be, you can be." Right. So I, I I had an environment that was conducive to people in my life telling me that whatever anybody else can do, you could do too. Right. And that that's important because I remember people asking me, John, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a professional athlete. I remember playing. It didn't matter what sport either, by the way. I love basketball. I love golf. I love tennis. Like I played it all. And uh, I was a pretty good athlete, but I was good because that's all I wanted to do. Where, where friends would be like, it's too cold. Let's play Nintendo. I was in Salt Lake City shoveling my neighbor's driveway and shooting an icy basketball and playing like these games in my head. Like I was, you know, Carl Malone, I grew up in Salt Lake city going against Michael Jordan. Right. And so, um, dude, that was what I did. And so it was normal for me to dream like that. When I, when I was a seventh grade, we had an assignment where we had to go through this, you know, ordeal and then choose two career paths. Basically we had to go to the computer lab, answer a bunch of questions. And then the computer lab would spit out the top 10 career choices per our interests based on our questions. 
And then we were supposed to circle two, take it to our counselor. Mr. Counselor would say, John, based on your answers, I want you to explore some of these classes in eighth, ninth, 10th grade, set us up on that path. And uh, my answers came out and none of the answers revolved around sports, by the way. And so, you know, who knows what was on this list, but professional athlete definitely wasn't on there. And so in my sheet that I, I turned in, I actually wrote in professional athlete, professional athlete for career choice number one. And career choice number two, I wrote in professional athlete two. There was no plan B. It was like, it was that or nothing, right? And cool. However, I graduated high school without a single scholarship offer. I didn't play high, I didn't play high school football at all. And, you know, at that point I was like, well, I'll just go play basketball. Somehow I end up playing football, just trying out. And that's, you know, that's a different story. But the whole point of all of that is I believe from a young age, I, I tapped into something truly powerful, which what it was would be what I call this, this mindset, this law of attraction, if you will. And uh, I, I, I manifested it a hundred percent as I look back um, and, and I lost that for a minute, you know, I lost that for a minute and, and now in my business, I've almost, I, I refound it. And so, you know, that's kind of a long lead into who, you know, where I was and where I am now, but we can take that any direction you want. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. So let's just, let's take that piece about you manifesting it and what you wanted. Right. So like, how do you feel like someone can develop that? Right. Cause it sounds like for you somehow, like it almost seemed intrinsic or maybe you had the right people around you, right upbringing or whatever the variables were, but let's say it's someone, you know, late twenties, early thirties, or even forties, cause you work with guys even in their sixties. Right. But it, and maybe they've kind of given up or just don't even know if they can achieve that thing. Right. How do you suggest someone goes about discovering how to like manifest what they want? Yeah, man. Great question. So I operate with one fundamental belief that I think every human being, regardless of where they were born or where they were brought up, should operate with. And literally, when I ask myself if I can do something, this is this is first and foremost in my mind. What's possible for one is possible for all. So regardless of any other thing, like I, I operate from that belief system. If somebody can do it, that means I could do it too. With enough work, with enough, you know, all the stuff that it's going to take, if it's possible, it's possible, right? And uh so, so I operate from that kind of boundary, which is helpful. I understand and I'm aware of like my parents, you know, and we didn't grow up in like a massive house with everything that we wanted. We were middle class, right? But I, I grew up in America. I grew up in Salt Lake City. And so I hit the lottery, hit the lottery. There's certain people that grow up without that upbringing and environment where, you know, from day one, they're like, you can't do that. So mm -hmm. there's this imprint age from zero to seven, where everything that you hear and see is lodged into your unconscious. And so I was lucky that I, that I kind of had that belief system built in where another person might be like, that was taken from me from six months old, you know? And so that's, that's the hard part when I work with somebody, right? It's, it's going in there and just, and figuring out when they decided that that belief was true. And it could very well be, you know, a childhood thing. It could be a teacher thing. It could be a parent thing. It could be a friend or environmental piece, right? So, you know, for me, I, I, I think that all of us though, if you really thought about it, you could be like, what's something weird that happened that was very coincidental, that it felt like coincidence, but at the same time, like, you, you know, that it wasn't coincidence. Like there was something mystical about that experience, good or bad, that like, maybe it was a feeling that you're like, oh, I, I, I shouldn't do this. And then you do it and then bam, something happens, right? It's like, I think we all have this intrinsic knowing inside of us. It's just very bright in some people. Like if you think about it as a spectrum, some people have tapped into that a little bit more and the more they do it, it becomes easier where other people might be on the beginning of the spectrum and, 
you know, you've got to dig to find out those kind of, you know, weird things and then you can connect them together. So I always yeah. as a coach figure out like, where is that person on this spectrum? How can I insert certain beliefs that they can believe in? And then, um, you know, in the beginning, they don't even need to believe that themselves. They need to believe so much that I believe it, that they kind of borrow it. And then we can move them down that spectrum. Yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense though, right? Because let's say someone comes to you and they're like, man, I've seen these transformations. Uh, you probably work with a lot of people. Like I'm middle-aged man. My testosterone is probably low. You would, if anybody would know that if you could get them the results, it'd be you, right? Because you wouldn't want to take somebody's money if you couldn't get them the results. So it kind of makes sense because it's almost like, well, if you say, hey, yeah, I can help you. That's like, damn, well, if he thinks it's possible and he's worked with X amount of guys, then maybe it is possible. So that actually, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, man. It's like, you, the placebo too, right? The placebo effect, yeah. like it's well known in, in literature and in scientific proof that, you know, people take sugar pills and can cure it mm-hmm. can and get a better effect than an actual drug. Right. I heard Tony Robbins speak one time from stage and he was talking about people with uh, multiple personalities and mm-hmm. within this belief system, right? If you think about it, a multiple personality is a person who fundamentally believes at the unconscious level that the, the, the next personality that shows up is a completely different person with a different life, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's been documented that these people with multiple personalities by belief alone, their eyes can change from brown to blue. So how powerful is belief, Right. And also a person in the same body can go from having diabetes in one personality and they switch and they don't, they don't have diabetes. They can literally be uh, uh, legally drunk from alcohol in their blood, in their blood, switch personalities within a second, not drunk Mm. where the alcohol go, bro. And so like, I think about that, like with belief, like that to me is like a solidifier and like the power of belief. So yeah, man, when someone comes to me and they're like, I can't do it because I already know they're operating under the assumption that some people can do it, but not them. Right. So I try to break that belief by finding someone exactly like them. Who's like, he's done. Mm. And I'll like, I'll go through my whole Rolodex or I have to research it. I'll be like, he does it. He can do it. Right. And so uh, that's one of my tricks is absolutely, man. I got to get them to believe that I believe it first. And then ultimately I can, I can bring them along. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's so powerful. Like, and you know, just being around to your point, seeing is believing. We hear these cliches all the time, but you, you have to like immerse yourself in it because then it becomes normalized. Right. Like when, you know, when I was younger in entrepreneurship, like the elusive, like, Oh, I want to make six figures in business. I want to make six figures in business. And then, and then at one point, like you're around people who make six figures a month, multi six figures a month. And it's like, Oh shit. Like this goal was way too low. Or even me, when you, you and I talked at the end of the year, I was like, yo, I'm like, you know, blowing this goal out of the water. You're like, yeah, but like you should like go here. Um, and it's normalized, right? So I think it's so important. Environment is like so key, um, and who you're around because that can literally make or break your shit. I think you like retweeted when I retweeted, but share something um, from another guy that I follow that I reshared. And it was like, if you're around the wrong people, it could fuck up your whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could literally not know what you don't know because their standards are normalized. And now, like, that becomes like your normal, right? And so, like, just being around the right people, I feel like is. Is huge that's um, one of, in this whole. Yeah, that that's one of the number one ways to increase your self identity, which is ultimately going to predict, you know, what we can accomplish is is your environment, who you're around, what that environment looks like, right? Like if if that environment is conducive to leveling up, and some of those people absolutely, it's like, oh man, I did good, 
And then you find out that they did in 10 minutes, what you did in a month, you're like, oh, according, like according to who then, right? And that could get some people down and be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm shitty or all that negative self-talk. But for me, it's not like that anymore. Like if, if I came to you and you were like, and I said, dude, I'm doing this a month. And you're like, cool, man. Like, I'm proud of you, but this is what I did in, in seven days. And I'd be like, awesome. I need to hang around this guy more. Like, I'd be like, damn, for a second, for a split second. But then I'd be like, opened up because remember my premise. If it's possible for you, it's possible for me. If you don't operate with that premise, like then that shit will F you up, bro. Like that, then you're going to feel bad for yourself. I actually am happy when someone succeeds like very, very highly because I'm like, cool. They broke the four minute mile. Now it's easier. I already know it's possible. Right. Yeah. I think the other piece is like scarcity. Right. So it's like, well, if they did it, there's only a limited supply of it. Right. And so it's like, oh, well, I mean, they did it, but like, that's an anomaly. And of course I can't do the exact same thing or more because they've already gotten so much. So I think the other piece is like the scarcity mindset too, but it's all just a belief, you know, it's all just a belief system. So I think that's, that's been one of the huge things that, I mean, I've always had a pretty, very strong belief, but I think like, you know, as an adult, like you get older and then circumstance in life happens and you kind of like, you settle a little bit, like you kind of forget. Yeah, like, you know what you're capable of in some areas. Maybe you excel in business, which is relative because my business actually went up more when we started working together. Um, but I think sometimes it's just like you just get complacent, right? Like you just like think that you've it is what it is. Right. Which is a quite a quote that I don't even like because you're just accepting the circumstance. So uh, I, I agree with that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's that's the tricky part is, uh, you know, you got to push yourself. I mean, for me, I'm driven by growth. I'm driven by progress. But yeah, man, like we can, we can let ourselves off the hook. And I would say that if people are struggling, if they're, you know, if they don't have the body or they don't have the bank account that they want, or even me, like if I stop now, like I could let myself off the hook for whatever reason and just be like, you know what, like this is good enough. Or if that belief crept in from wherever, where it's like, oh, well, money's not happiness. Like those two things, like that nobody said it was or wasn't, right? That's, that's a belief or a saying that you said, cliche, that will really mess you up because- it lets you off the hook and it gives you a, you know, an excuse not to pursue your ultimate possibility. I'm driven to see what I'm capable of. I'm driven to com- continue to see like, you know, what could I do? How much good could I do? You know, how much right. more success could I have? And what would that mean for, you know, other people? Because, you know, at, at the end of it all, we're going to take our last breath, whether it's 80 or 90 or who knows when, right. And we're going to, we're going to, we're, we might know then I just don't want to be in that rocking chair thinking about the shots that I didn't take in the name of security, right? Secure from what, right? Like we right. Like, gotta go, man. We gotta go. 100%, 100%. Yeah, like you said, it's just like some people just had that belief and, and everybody has it. But like you said, it's a spectrum, you know? And I think the beautiful thing about like the internet, like a lot of people bash social media or the internet, but I think the beautiful thing about it is one, there's so many people that you would ordinarily not be connected to that you get connected to. And then two, you get that exposure to see things that maybe if you do live in a small town, or you're not around those people, like what's possible? Like when I see those luxury pages or like crazy supercars or like, I'm like, I'm like you, I'm like, okay, great. Now, like that gives me a target, right? It's not like, oh my gosh, like that guy must be a trust fund baby. Or it's like, no, like maybe it's arrogance, maybe it's whatever. I'm like, okay, thank Thanks for putting that on my radar. Now I have a target, you know? Um, and by the way, I'm, I was trying to, I saw your your post about supercars for guys over 6'5". I'm like, I'm like good luck, buddy. Because uh, I, I got in a, uh, it was a Lamborghini hurricane and I'm six. I'm like six even and that was pretty tight so i was like yeah Yeah, dude i I was testing them out i was like dude i'm it's not comfortable and so i'm thinking i'm like is it worth it just to have or maybe maybe not dude and so 
I'm like you though. If if I just grew up where I grew up, and like we're a generation, probably the first one. Like not probably, we're absolutely the first one. Because like my parents, for example, you know, in high school or through college or whatever, they didn't go to college, but you know, they they worked since they were 20 to give us what we what we have. But they didn't have the internet or social media, so most of the time, families would then be like. They could see different things through the news or TV, right? But it wasn't this wide world of like connection. Like, how do I talk to that person actually? How do I get connected with them? And now it's like, well, there's multiple avenues. Everybody's pretty touchable, right? There's some untouchable, untouchable. But if I even think about my network, I'm like one connection away from, you know, from any, like literally from almost anybody. It's like, oh, I know so-and-so who knows so-and-so. And And like, if I talk to so-and-so, maybe that's a gatekeeper to this so-and-so. And so that network, like... All of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, man, like I can touch these people. I can, I can pay to be in their network if I need to. However, right. you know, that, that really is broken down. And if you're really operating from a scarce mindset and I break people down into two categories in life, almost like down the center, um, mm-hmm. you're either operating from an abundant perspective or you're either operating from a scarce perspective. Make no mistake mm-hmm. about it. Your perspective is your reality. So I'm not saying if you live in scarcity that it isn't reality. It absolutely is your reality. If I'm living right. in an abundant perspective, that's my that's my reality. And that's where you know we can argue all day with people, but we're arguing perspective, not necessarily this thing called reality, because what's that? Like it's it's according to the observer, right? It's according to right. us. So you know, on one hand, we can look at all that stuff in a scarce mindset and be, you know, feeling miserable, right? Like, oh man, I don't have anything. My life sucks. Look at all that. And I'm like, on an abundant side, I can be like, man, I'm opened up to all this possibility. Like how in the world could I make my life like this? Not that I want to be any other person other than I just want to maximize myself. No, it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. And so in the spirit of like getting around the right people or shifting your mindset, obviously one of the ways you can do that is to like finding a mentor or coaching or whatever. And so, you know, you have a, a co- coaching program, right? So my first question is like, at what point, and of course I know it's an evolution, but at what point did you feel like you had found something or bottled up something to where it was transferable enough to say, you know what, I can impart this in other people. Cause it's one thing for you to get results for yourself, right. And be in a good space. It's a whole different thing to coach somebody else. Right. So at what point did you feel like, you know what, like I got something here and you were able to start like imparting that in other people. And then the second part of that question is how important is it to get a coach? Because, you know, a lot of people you coach, they're not like slouches. It's not people like, it's like people like me, people who wouldn't even think that I would hire a coach. Right. So like, so how important is that to a person's growth? Because I think a lot of people are missing the mark on how they can accelerate by just not having the right, the right leadership. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, like when I was done, when, when I was cut at 27 years old, I had to do something. Fitness was like, I, I, I was a guy that I love the weight room. And so that's where I wanted to spend my time. I would read whatever. And so I opened up a physical location in Salt Lake city training athletes. I trained multiple NFL combine guys world series champions. So it's like top level Olympic qualifiers in the realm of training and nutrition and consulting and actually doing in-person work. Um, and I did that for like eight years before I ultimately was like, look, now I'm going to flip the entrepreneur switch on and like, try to go broad market and, and, you know, do two things, have massive impact and also create a life that I'm, I'm pursuing for my family and for myself as far as achievement. Right. So it's like, I flipped that switch created a program that I knew I could get results. Then the next part of it was how do I market it in a way, like you said, that's like, 
it's going to attract the right person like you, where it's like, dude, my, my life is pretty good. So I had to cultivate that marketing message that was like, I'm really big on presuppositions now in language and action, meaning everything that I say right now or everything that you say, we're presupposing something that makes sense in communication. Sometimes like a person will take that presupposition and it'll be way off, right? If they're not in tune with it. But sometimes like you'll say something and it's presupposing something that you don't necessarily need to say, but I, I come to the conclusion of what you meant. Make sense? So in my, I studied language. Part of my mindset training was becoming a master of linguistics and and language. And so what I realized in my messaging was I'm going to presuppose who I'm talking to without necessarily needing to say it all. I'll say enough so that then their brain generalizes it and puts themselves in this, in this bottle and says, dude, he's talking right to me. And anybody who's not catching that is like, oh, I'm not that person. Therefore, I'm not even going to apply. So there I fill my business with just people that I want. One of the mistakes, you know, this could be, I don't know if anybody's in business or, or you like care about, you know, marketing and stuff. So this may be relevant to you. One of the things that I do is I help fit pros like cultivate that message. And one of the things they always do is they want to solve the world's problems in their messaging. And it's like, they're always talking about becoming, you know, they want to help someone become more successful or they want to help someone become limitless or they want to help someone become, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you guys are missing something completely. And if you rewatch my video, I promise you'll catch this. Not one time am I promising anything in terms of success in that initial marketing video. Why? Mm -hmm. Because nobody's waking up in the morning saying, you know what? I need to fix my mindset today. They're going, damn, I got to lose this 20 pounds. Right. And so what I realized, realized I'm going to presuppose through language that my people are already successful. So I'm not so if, you, if you're like, I'm going to take you and you're broken and I'm going to take you here, what are you going to attract? You're going to attract broken people who want to go here, who broken people you know, probably don't have the money to invest in you. So in a marketing message, I'm like, I'm presupposing high, achiever, high achievement. You're already successful. Everything in your life is good. You drive a nice car. You've got a great wife. You've got good kids. You go on vacation. However, there's one really easy thing in your life that you haven't figured out and it makes no sense not to be elite in it too. And they're like, nailed it. John, where can I sign up? And so you know, that presupposition is huge. Now there's also presupposition in action. Okay. So presupposition in action, because this is, this is where the real conscious, unconscious conversation comes into play. You can be an A student and say all the right things. And then your action could be something in direct conflict with, with the perfectness that you're speaking. And so I picked that up too, man. So for example, and this would, this will make sense to a lot of your listeners in terms of money. I work with a, with a girl who's, Um, I'm trying to help build her business and do all this stuff. And she had this fundamental relationship problem with money, right? Like money was the relationship and feeling of money was distorted and she didn't feel good about making it, right? Which is a huge problem for people. If you don't like money, it's not going to be attracted to you. It's like a relationship. You're either like you're a magnet of it or you're going to repel it away from you, right? Agreed. So anyways, we worked through all this stuff and then she starts saying all the right answers. John, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. I'm so excited. This million dollars is going to go to help this many families and it's going to feed this many families. And I'm doing it all for all these reasons. And it feels good now. And so I'm like, awesome. Text message. I'm going to be a millionaire. Explanation point, explanation point, explanation point. And then in the next conversation, she texts me. She's like, hey, I'm going to hire this position. What do you think about paying this position? 
$1,000 a month plus this. And I'm like, interesting. See, there's a presupposition in her action that presupposes that she really doesn't believe that she's going to make a million dollars. Because if she did, that position wouldn't be a $12,000 position a year. It would be a $75,000 position a year. And see, as a coach, I bring that to her attention. I'm like, look, you would pass the test straight A's if it was multiple choice. However, this is life. And so what you're saying is correct. However, what you're doing at an unconscious level is is living in a scarce mindset, which is absolutely going to repel money from you, right? So that presupposition is very big in language and it's even bigger in terms of action. So why do you get coaching, right? She could have struggled for 10 years with saying Mm -hmm. the right things and never figuring out why why her result doesn't change. In a conversation, I can break that belief or at least make her aware of it so that then we can move and quite possibly in a week or even a month, we can break through. So for me, coaching is shortening the shortening the road, right? Like you teach people how to be, you know, financially independent or wealthy or, you know, whatever you do, like whatever your terminology is, could take someone 20 years or you could shorten that, shorten that, you know, stuff for them. And one of the funniest things, like on my ads that I do advertise that you mentioned, I get all the time, mm-hmm. like people commenting, like, you can just Google it for free. Okay. Like they're like information isn't a problem. There's a lot of information we can have, but see, like, they're not going to understand that those actions and the belief and, and the actual tangible tactics and strategies all need to align for massive transformation and fitness or finance doesn't matter. So anybody on this call can choose to put the pieces together, which is fine. And you may or may not get there, or you just choose someone who has a track record with themselves and with a lot of other people and say, you know what? This is the best investment that I can make because it's going to save me a resource that isn't renewable, which is time. You can always make more money, but if you waste 10 years trying to get the answer, I'd rather just know in 10 minutes. Right. Right. You, you get that. And it always, always pays dividends, right? Like, always. and the funny part about it is the stuff that you get is not just, it's not just surface level. So like, you know, I might've hired you for like the fitness piece and knew that like mindset was going to come with it, but my business ended up improving. Right. Um, but it just goes to show you like how all this stuff is like interrelated. It makes me think about something else that you said on your stories about like when you're like rent for your like office was late or something, right? Like you're so committed to the belief that more is coming, right? But you have to let go, right? Because you believe it's actually coming that you have, you literally have to let it go because you believe it's blocking your blood. Like that was, that was huge. And I thought about that. I'd make a really big investment to like this, like it's not really big as relative, but this bigger investments, like a CRM and marketing hub thing that I was, I was like, shit, like then, but, but it happened. I, I was thinking about doing it. And then I heard that story of yours and I stroked the check like immediately after. And then I was like, yeah, if I need to let the, if I believe that this is happening, I need to show this with my action. And I, and I called the dude, he, he was like surprised. Cause he thought I was gonna have to like, think about it. He's like, great. Um, yeah. I guess he gets a pretty decent commission or whatever, but that was transformative for me because it's like, you literally, believe that by not releasing it, you're blocking your blessing from more flowing in. That's, that's, that's a game changer from a mindset perspective. That's the economy. That's the economy. That's the world's economy. One transaction, like I pay something, it's paying someone else's salary. It's, it's a, it's a circulation, right? And so we're always taught, like, we got to save for a rainy day. You want to save for a rainy day, guess what you're going to get in your reality? A lot of rainy <laughs> day, right? And so like people know that probably like, damn, you're right. Like I save for a rainy day, then my tires, I, I run over <laughs> a nail and then I got to get rainy day fun gone. Got to start all over again, dude. Like people don't understand that their belief shapes their reality. And when I, so, you know, 
I started really tapping into this. And what you're talking about is, you know, I was late on a rent payment for my office. And I do have this fundamental belief that I've created inside of me that says, if I am blocking flow, I am, I am being scarce and therefore I'm not going to, I'm not going to create that abundance. And so I jokingly, not jokingly, jokingly to my receptionist said, Erica, I'm late. I'm so sorry. It was after the break. I'm let me pay right now. She's like, I oh, don't worry about it. No, no problem, John. I'm like, no, I got to pay right now. Cause I have this fundamental belief about money. And she's like, what's that? And I'm like, every time I, every time I pay somebody, I get paid right back. And she laughs and says, that's a, that's a good belief to have. I'm like, you're right. And so I swipe, get coffee, walk to my office and on my Slack channel at work, my sales team just goes ding, ding, ding. This was five minutes later. And I'm like, holy shit, I got to go talk to Erica. I just got to show her the timeline of this event. And her, her brain was just like on the floor. And I'm like, and dude, this happens to me all the time. Once you start playing on this spectrum of like knowing that your belief system creates the reality. It's a different mm -hmm. game. Like the books, I'll say it. You've read it before. James Allen, like as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it's like this belief inside and the beliefs that we operate with. And on the flip side, if you're operating from a scarcity mindset, what are you going to get? You're going it, to, it's, you're creating it. So that's what I'm trying to teach people is look, your thoughts and your action, your, your thoughts are actually creating the reality that you're living in. So how do we rewind this and take them back to that level of thought in a way that they're going to start creating what they want instead of always getting what they don't want? Man, that's, that's super powerful. So my question to that though, is like, what is that fine line from someone whose head is in the clouds? All the, like, for example, I came to you like, John, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a six pack. I'm going to drop 25 pounds. Like I'm going to get back to that shape I used to have. Right. And then, you know, three, four, five, six weeks rolls by and I'm still, I'm still talking, but like, no, granted, you, you wouldn't have let that many weeks roll by, but like in, in life, right. So imagine someone didn't have a coach and they're telling themselves that because they hear this podcast and they're like, belief, 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 which is so important, but they don't back it up with action. So is it the thought process that if you truly believe it, it's almost impossible to not start driving that action? Or like, what is like, what is the fine line between someone who's just saying it and thinking it, but not doing anything? Yeah, man. I always have this. I even asked some of my mentors this too, because I'm like, okay, cool. Like how abundant should I be? Cause you know, we're talking about buying cars here. Like, should I actually go buy the, make the decision on the Ferrari or have a McLaren on my driveway? Or should I actually not the time Right. And what signal is it, is it sending? And so there is this level of like, look, we got to be intelligent, right? At the same time, sometimes it's the time, sometimes it's not the time. Same point you're trying to make is like, okay, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. But believing consciously and unconsciously is a, is a different process. And so sometimes like if you, if you're clear over here on the spectrum of never really, you know, figuring it out, figuring it out yet, you're going to be, it's going to take more repetition. You're going to have to battle it a little bit. And that's where you and I've had this conversation about desire versus discipline. There is going to be an intersection. Like if your desire is big enough, and I, and I'll answer this question another way in a second. If your desire is big enough, discipline should feel pretty easy. Kobe Bryant just wanted to be Kobe Bryant because he had such a desire to be great, right? So he did what he had to do. Get up at 4 a.m., work out before the rest of the team. The rest of the team goes out for drinks. Kobe Bryant's shooting, you know, shots till two in the morning. His desire was very, very, very palpable for him, right? So yeah, right. there was times discipline had to creep in and obviously, you know, he goes down that road. But I think that the real answer for me is how are you motivated? I'll tell you where people get into problems. People are either motivated towards a goal or away from pain, right? And it depends on what we value. And so if you think about yourself, usually the people that I work with are very motivated away from pain in a way, 
where they come in and they're like, I got to solve this problem. This is the worst I felt in 20 years, John, my this and this is like, cool. So the easy process is getting them pretty far. A very hard process is getting them all the way, right? And so it's like you get to a point where good enough is good enough. And then mm-hmm. and then that's where you get the slide. So people who are motivated away from, if you've ever, so think about it, if you're like, yeah, I get it. Like I'm motivated away from like being broke. You get to the point where your bank account's almost zero, then something happens and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm okay for a couple of months. And then you, it's like this constant, like little, little cycle, right? Same thing in fitness. So if you find yourself in that category, it's, it's interesting to know that um, the answer for you is to learn how to tap into a different motivation, which is towards something, something super exciting, because that motivation will carry you to the top. If I look at it in my own life, you can get very far from being away from motivated. I was afraid to fail in sport. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going home, man. Like I'm not going home and having all my friends and family look at me as like, he couldn't cut it. He wasn't good enough. Right. So I was motivated away from failure. And then I get to the NFL and I score a couple touchdowns. And I remember thinking like, it was my third year. I'm like, nobody can say shit about what I've done or not done at this point. Like nobody, Mm -hmm. nobody that I know. I scored a couple touchdowns. I don't care if they think I suck or don't suck or got lucky or this or that literally doesn't phase me because I got there. It was enough, bro. And then what I realized 10 years later, what I try to preach today is that I already know you can believe me or not believe me. It had zero to do with talent, me getting cut in my, in my third year. I could have played 12 or 13. I was just as good as anybody on the field, talent-wise and ability-wise and work ethic-wise. However, my internal motivation was set and dialed into a certain point where I'm like, cool, I'm like, I made it enough. And I didn't know how to like shoot for all pro. I didn't know how to shoot for like Hall of Fame. I didn't know how to shoot for the Super Bowl. And I have good friends who played for a long time. And the only difference between them and me and their positions, and a lot of them were like, they're actually, I would say, less athletic in their position, but played longer. They had this belief that they were like, that, that or this desire that they wanted to go down in history. They wanted to have legacy. And I'm like, Dude, that's the only difference. How many quarterbacks are better than Tom Brady, dude? Like, I'm talking like ability-wise, running, jumping, throwing, arm, vision, everything. And like, look, dude might win a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. You know, who knows? And then he goes down. It's like, there's no arguing the fact that that, that he he thinks here when everyone else thinks and, and caps their ability at some level. So, dude, like I'm on a mission kind of to see what I'm truly capable of without putting any boundaries on that. And that's hard because it's like it might be a million for a second. I'm like, cool, 10, 50, 100. Like if we're talking finances, it's like I'm not going to put myself in a box of what I can conceptually think is possible. I really got to live with this belief that like, dude, you know, don't don't cap yourself, like be motivated for higher level achievement. At the same time, the conversation we have to go to is fulfillment. Are you appreciating the journey? Right. Because I'm smart enough to know that like, whether I hit a million, 10 or 50, it's pretty irrelevant. At the end of the day, the sun comes back up and then it's like, I got to appreciate that process or it's not for anything. No, hundred percent. That makes, makes a ton of sense. And it's almost like going back to the supercar analogy, right? Like you can get from point A to point B in a bicycle, right? In a Toyota or whatever. Right. Um, But then when you get in that car that feels right to you has 260, 80, whatever it is on the dash. Like how, how many days do you want to go in life? Like knowing that you can go, that there's a capability of going to 60, 280, but you only go 60, right? Like you want to get on an open road and you want to floor that shit, at least, at least just to see, right. To see like, okay, 
maybe I don't want to stay. I don't want to drive at 260, 280 forever because one, I'll either crash or go to jail. But like to know that, damn, like it feels good to know what I'm made of, you know? And that's, and that's kind of like where my mindset is, is just like, just even like what we're going through right now. And I'm, I'm promising to dial it in. Uh, like I might not stay at 178, right. And look crazy lean all year round, but just to know like, Oh, okay. Like at 33 after falling off the wagon a little bit, like this is inside of you and this is what you're capable of. Right. And so I think that's what it's about. Cause once you have that new, once, once you have that awareness, you, you can't go back. And that's the crazy thing about like success is like once you taste it, once you know it's possible for you, it's really, really hard to like go back from. You might have like little temporary like stints where you fall off or something, but like it's really hard to go all the way back once you know what's possible for you because your mind has just shifted forever. That's why uh, that's why the process is so important. You got to go through the stuff so that you you become the person that's capable of, of doing the stuff, right? That's why if like you win the lotto, 70% of people three years later are broke. That's why some athletes have such a hard problem with keeping their money regardless of how much they make is because they did it through this other realm, which athletics is like, it, yeah, it's a lot mindset, but in a, in a skill set, it's like, once that's gone, it's like, okay, what do I, like, what's the rest of my, what's the rest of my skill set for if I'm going to do anything else in, in the terms of business or whatever. Right. So it's like, once you're successful in this way and you, and you built that up, um, I was having this conversation with my wife. I'm like, look, if you took my cell phone away and you dropped me into another state in the United States, in, in anywhere that spoke, like I spoke the language English, right? And everyone else did too. Otherwise it would take a long time to, you know, learn the other language, but stay with me. I couldn't use any of the networks that I built. I just got dropped into a different state. How fast could I make a hundred grand, right? All I had was the skill sets that I built, but I couldn't use my network. I couldn't phone anybody, social media. Like if I had social media, I'd have a different name and I couldn't use an NFL story. I just had to be like John Doe and I have one, I, I have one follower and it's my mom. What do I do to build this, to, yeah. to build a company worth hundred K? And she was like, what would you do? I'm like, I would do this, this, and this. And I'm like, I would make hundred K in less than six months. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, because I, I know how to market. I know I, my craft is fitness. If I didn't have a social media following right now, I could literally just go to a local gym and be like, work out a deal and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to gather up some people and I'll give you this cut and like build a couple, build some capital up. And then I'd be like, awesome. Now I'm going to turn on Facebook ads. Now I'm going to invest in this. And it's like six months, like it, it's a done deal. Right. And so when you get there, it's like, you're, you're blessed by having gone through the process because now all of my security comes from here and it has nothing to do with the, nothing to do with anything outside of me. It's all, it's all built in. And so like, I'm thankful for the struggles and the, adversity and all this stuff, because now I'm like, oh, cool. Like that's an easy video. Think of it when you're a kid playing video game or Mario brothers or something like once you get to the level and you beat the boss, like you never, it's never like you forget how to beat that boss again. It's like, if you ever go back, it's like, oh, I already done that. Like I got it. It's like, it's always mm -hmm. a struggle at the end you Gotta battle it. But then once you pass it, like you said, you don't go backwards. Right. And if something happens where you do, you know how to come, you know how to get back and you're not relaxed because you developed the skill set and you were committed to the process. So now it makes a lot of sense. So thinking back to all of the people that you've coached, um, your own personal transformation, what are some common denominators between, and we might've kind of already talked about it a little bit, but what are some common denominators between people who win and people who don't? I would say number one, first and foremost, is there's a desire there. There's there's a desire 
that even if it's not articulated the greatest in that first conversation, or I mean, it could be a little bit vague, but to them, it's real, right? They, they know why they're there, even if they're not saying it. And um, I start finding that stuff out, right? So that's like number one, like the desire has to be there. Like you have to come in wanting something tangible and that's got to be powerful enough for you to, to move, right? If not, it's like one of those things that you should do where on the contrary, like people will come in, it's like, oh, I got high cholesterol or I got high blood pressure. Or, my doctor says I need to lose 50 pounds or I want to do this for my wife and my kids. And it's like, yeah, but what's in it for you, man? What's in it for you? Uh, I don't know. It's like, see, there, there I already know we have a problem. Like, why are you doing it for you? The money, the fitness, the everything. Yes, your kids are going to be blessed by it. Yes, your wife is going to be blessed by it. However, like what's in it for you? And the people that come in and know that, they, they'll, and, and so that's step one. Step two is like being coachable, right? Come in with a beginner's mind. One of the things that I've always had to check myself, and it took me a long time to learn, is uh, not to get, not to try to reinvent the wheel and not to have such a big ego that if somebody has had all of these results, whether it's fitness or money or some of my mentors that I look up that's made 50 or 100 mil, yeah, there would be a place and time for me to have an idea that could possibly like, they'd be like, oh, damn, I never thought about that because everybody can learn something from somebody. However, what I found in this coaching realm, especially in business and you know more so in business than, than even fitness, but sometimes in fitness too, people come in with these belief systems and they think that their way is going to be in some way better. However, their result is clear down here and yours is clear up here. And so you're sitting there going like, look, like in order for you to, to really win, you got to almost unlearn all that other stuff in a moment and come in with a beginner's mind. And just suck in all this new information like it's like it's yours for the first time and just do what we say because it's inevitable, right? And that doesn't mean you don't right. get an opinion and you don't need to question it. It's just saying like so many times I've hired coaches and then tried to do it my way because it made sense consciously that it's like, oh, this is a better way. And then I'd be like six months later and they're like, John, why are you doing it that way? I told you to do this way. And you're like, you're right. And I get humbled. And then I just, I'm like, at, at a certain point, I finally was like, you know what? whatever you tell me to do, I'll just do. And I'm not going to question it. And for me, that happened because I wrote such a fat check that um, I was like, I'll do whatever you say. Like my mindset coach is like, do a vision board. I'm like, that shit's stupid. I don't want to, like, I know what I want in my eye, bro. Like I, I can close my eyes and, and know what I want. He's like, do a vision board. I'm like, I've been told that 15,000 times, but I never paid someone 40 grand to tell me that. So I'm just going to do it. And I humbled myself. I'm like, whatever you say from this point, I'll make you a promise. I will do whatever you say until I don't get the result. And then like, we can have that conversation and I open myself up and then I start to tap into this magical power. So sometimes, you know, it, what separates the people from, from winning and losing number one, the desire has got to be big enough. And number two, your ability to be coached from people who have been there and done that multiple times is going to shorten that curve for you faster than you could possibly believe. Makes sense. Now that's huge for sure. Um, my, as we kind of get close to wrapping up here, my last question is what does living life uncensored mean to you? Oh, dude, this is actually pretty easy. I don't know if I'd answer this the, the same even a year ago, but to me, it's being a hundred percent me and 0% what anybody thinks that I should be. So like, if you get John, John is like authentically him, like, don't like, doesn't matter. I'm not going to be like an asshole or anything else. I'm just literally going to be me in alignment with who I truly am. 
and have zero care whether you like it or don't like it. And that was, dude, that was a, that was a huge deal for me, man. Like truly, I, uh, I, I'm a person that kind of craves this likability for a long time. Like, I, I just want people to like me. I, I'm a, like, I want to be a good guy. I want, and so I would make choices. Like I never wanted to, you know, offend anybody. And I still don't, right? Like I'm not trying to go out and offend anybody, but I'm like, I would make decisions right. wanting to hurt feelings. And mm-hmm. one of my coaches one time just like checked me. He's like, so you're just being every, so he's like, so you're just making decisions for everybody else and doing the right thing for everybody, everybody else. But what are you doing for you? And I was like, it hit me like through the screen. I'm like, damn, dude, like I gotta be, I just want to find this congruence within that when I speak and what I do line up and people can take it or leave it. And I'm okay with it too. Makes sense. So we're at the top of the year. So what are you most excited about uh, for 2021? Building my team up until this point, I've, I've been kind of solo in a way, like I, I, it's not been a one man band, but it's been a company that is very front facing with my face, which it'll continue to be still, but there's some other elements that are being added in. I've mm-hmm. literally taken myself out of all the roles that, um, that I, that I was in the past. Like I was, you know, at first I was just a coach and then I had to do Facebook ads and then I had to do, you know, the landing pages. And then I had to do, um, you know, all the code, the fulfillment side of it. And then I had to do the sales side of it. And so what I really decided was that time is, is a resource that's very important to me with my daughter. And so I, as a CEO or a founder or whatever, I, I don't really care about titles. I need to be the visionary of the company. And I think my whole job is to provide massive security in an unsecure world and a massive amount of freedom to employees who want to be a part of the mission. And it's my job to get out of the way of the company so that we can move faster and I can put trust into other people so that everything gets done in a way that's cohesive. And in order to do that, I got to lead. I got to get out of my own way because tendency for me is to do everything myself. It's just like, ah, don't worry about it. I'll do it. And then, you know, I do it. And then I still, I, I steal from our time as a team, because it's like, look, if that, if that person, if it took them a week longer for them to do it, than it would have taken me to do it. It's okay. The first time, because the next time I need them to do it, it's going to be done and I don't have to do it. So I think I'm most right. excited to like, to just build a team and step into a leadership role in my own company and, uh, you know, coach, you know, like I said, 20 people on an individual basis. And that's like my roster, everything else I'm spending with my team and, the, the company and the growth and everything is going to be built on the backs of uh, awesome teammates. You know, I want to build a team. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm excited for in 2020 as well. It's just like 2021, um, just time freedom, empowering other people, being able to focus on the vision uh, of the business. I know we're, we're on the same page there. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I know this will be an incredibly valuable episode for my listeners and everybody until next time. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?